ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان خير الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد ايها الاخوه الايمان ايها المسلمون respected muslims assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh يقول الله سبحانه وتعالى في محكم اياته بعد ان اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم كتاب انزلناه اليك مبارك ليدبر اياته وليتذكر اولو الالباب الله عز وجل tells us in his book explaining to us the goal behind the revelation of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he says kitabun a book anzalnahu ilayka we have revealed it to you o muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam mubarakun it is blessed a blessed book liyadabbaru ayatihi wa liyatadhakkara ulul albab we have revealed this book so that you may contemplate and reflect and ponder over its verses wa liyatadhakkara ulul albab and that those people who possess insight take a lesson from it in another verse allah azza wa jalla tells us and he says afala yatadabbaruna alqur'ana am ala qulubin aqfaluha allah says and he reminds us and he says do they not contemplate over this quran do they not contemplate over its meanings and its ahkam its laws am ala qulubin aqfaluha or has a seal or a lock been placed upon their hearts and these two verses ayyuhal muslimun it clarifies to us one of the main goals of the quran after reading it making effort to understand it and implementing it we must strive to ponder over its meanings for he who ponders and reflects over the quran his iman will increase and the way to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will become clear for him and whoever approaches the quran in this way and manner it will have a great effect on his soul 
Ali ibn Abi Talib radiyallahu ta'ala he said that there is no goodness in mere recitation of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without contemplating its meanings as for reading it the reward is established whoever recites a single harf of the book of Allah he gets 10 rewards however when the Quran truly takes effect upon one's soul is when a person contemplates over its meanings and he practices upon the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is the objective about this Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala he said inna ahadakum la yaqra al-Qur'ana min fatihihi ila khatimihi ma yasqutu harfan wa qad asqata al-amala bihi he says that a person from amongst you will recite the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala min fatihihi from its beginning from the opening chapter al-fatiha ila khatimatihi up until the end surah al-nas ma yasqutu harfan wa qad asqata al-amala bihi the person will not omit a single harf in his recitation of the book of Allah but the person will leave off acting upon its commandments acting upon its commandments and abstaining from its prohibitions and for this reason today we will reflect over a great surah in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calling ourselves to understand its verses and to ponder over its meanings and it is surah al-hujurat a madani surah which was revealed in the ninth year of the hijrah of the prophet muhammad and the surah was revealed close to the demise of the messenger of allah and this surah despite its brevity despite its brief nature it consists of 18 ayat it clarifies in great deal the adab which each and every single muslim requires to implement in his life it also clarifies to us social etiquette how do we act within the muslim society and the broader society and the role it plays in iman the role adab and akhlaq plays with regards to iman and the greatest adab which exists the greatest etiquette which exists it is adab with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is adab with his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and this is the greatest level of adab if this adab is intact then all other etiquette which comes about as recognizing the rights of allah and the rights of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then and only then will our akhlaq and our adab with the fellow creation be fixed and this is the third level of adab the adab with his believing servants and this is the central theme of suratul hujurat adab with allah adab with his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and adab with the believing slaves of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how much are we in need of this today to correct our manners with allah to correct our manners with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that our manners with his fellow creation is fixed as well 
that our manners with regards to our wives will be fixed. Our manners with regards to our children will be fixed. Our manners with regards to honoring and respecting our parents will be fixed. Only when our etiquette is correct with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the surah, Allah Azza wa Jal, He addresses the believers five times with the Ismul Munada when Allah Azza wa Jal calls out to us saying, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. Allah Azza wa Jal, He calls out and He draws our attention to certain matters becoming of us to give importance to. The sixth call Allah Azza wa Jal makes, He says, Ya ayyuhalladheena mankind and this is a general call for all of mankind about this Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu he said إِذَا سَمِعْتَ اللَّهَ أَزَّ وَجَلْ يَقُولُ when you hear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O you who believe he then says then lend your ear for either Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to command you with something or he's going to prohibit something upon you which you must abstain from or he's going to inform you about an important matter and so Allah Azza wa Jal is addressing myself and you when he calls out Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu O you who believe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling and addressing myself and yourselves we are being addressed and this is relevant to us and so we should lend our ears. And this repetition, where Allah Azza wa mentions, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. Five times in the surah, it is not found in any other surah. That Allah Azza wa calls out like this in so many ayat in one surah. And so Allah Azza wa does not do this haphazardly. Allah Azza wa mentions it for a great wisdom. And the first, the first verse when Allah Azza wa Jal calls out, He says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu la tuqaddimu bayna yadayillahi wa rasulihi wattaqullah inna allaha sami'un alim. Allah Azza wa Jal calls out to the people of Ali Iman and He says, O oh, you who believe, la tuqaddimu bayna yadayillahi wa rasulihi. Do not Put yourself in front of Allah Azza wa Jal and His Messenger. Yani, meaning do not place yourself in a position ahead of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and His Messenger. And this is the literal meaning of the verse. This is the literal meaning of the verse. So, what is the deeper explanation? What is the tafsir of this verse? Abdullah ibn Abbas, Tarjuman al Quran. The interpreter of the Quran, he mentioned with regard to this verse, he says, "La taqulu khilaf al kitab wa sunnah." He said, "Do not say anything that contradicts the Book of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam." Do not say, do not act, do not believe anything that contradicts the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Do not put your opinion or your desire before Allah and His Messenger. 
So the Sunnah says one thing, and the Sunnah affirms one thing, and we say, but I think. We say, you know, my culture says this, so I'll go with my culture. We say, my father said this, and what your father said goes against the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad And we say, our forefathers said, and we give preference and precedence to these aspects before the Sunnah. Allah Azza wa Jal, He told us in Surah Al-Ahzab, verse 36, Allah says, وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَةٍ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخِيَرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ وَمَنْ يَعْصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ ضَلَّ ضَلَالًا مُبِينًا Allah mentions and He says that whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees a matter, He says, it is not for the believing male, nor the believing female, either Qadallahu wa rasooluhu amran. When Allah Azza wa Jal and His Messenger decide on a matter, ayyakuna lahumul khiyaratu min amrihim, that they should have any decision in this matter. Once Allah Azza wa Jal decides something, and His Messenger of Allah decides something, the believers have no choice but to submit to this. فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُوا حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِيمَا شَجْرَ بَيْنَهُمْ Allah Azza wa Jal, He negates Iman and He says, You do not truly believe up until they make you, O Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِيمَا شَجْرَ بَيْنَهُمْ Up until they make you the deciding factor in the disputes that arose amongst them. So this, all of our affairs should be referred back to the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Back to the Prophet Muhammad during his lifetime and after his demise, we refer it back to the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu la tuqaddimu bayna yadayillahi wa rasoolihi O you who believe, do not put yourself in front of Allah and His Messenger. The Prophet Muhammad mentioned in the hadith, لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يكون هوا تبعا لما جئت به. The Prophet Muhammad said that none of you have true and perfect iman up until his desire is in conformity لما جئت به. Up until his desire is in conformity with that which I have come. And that is the pristine sunnah. And this is adab with Allah. And this is adab with his messenger. And this is the height of adab in al-Islam. Which is the essence of al-Islam. That we submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger. Which is contained in our testimony of faith. Our shahada. Which we testify to and we utter. And we should believe. We should believe it in our hearts. And it should be evident in our actions. And this is extremely important in a time where self-worth and everyone values their own opinion. And they see it as important. And they see the need to voice it. And this is general. With regards to general aspects of life, this is the nature of people today. That they feel the need to express their opinion on every matter. A time when everyone is opinionated 
about generally everything, even in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Us, as lay people, we say, I disagree with the fatwa of such and such a scholar. And when we refer to scholars, we refer to the true scholars of Al-Islam. Those who have been authorized to give legal verdict. Not myself and yourselves. So, us as lay people, we say, I disagree with the fatwa of such and such a scholar. The question we ask is by which authority? Which proof? And how did we become experts on religious matters? Allah Azza wa in his book, he gives us guidance with regards to matters of security and matters of fear. Who must it be referred back to? Allah says, وَإِذَا جَاءَهُمْ أَمْرٌ مِنَ الْأَمْنِ أَوِ الْخَوْفِ أَذَاعُوا بِهِ وَلَوْ رَدُّوهُ إِلَى الرَّسُولِ وَإِلَىٰ أُولِي الْأَمْرِ مِنْهُمْ لَعَلِمَهُ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَنْبِتُونَهُ مِنْهُمْ Allah mentions, and He says, that when they came to them, a matter of security, أَوِي الْخَوْفِ or fear, they spread it amongst themselves and they discussed it and they wanted to come to conclusions with regards to it. Matters which are great matters, matters which relate, relate to the blood and the safety of the believers. They spread it amongst themselves. And Allah gives us the solution. He says, and if they had referred it back to the Messenger of Allah and those in authority from amongst them, the people of knowledge, the Ahlul Ilm, then they would be able to extrapolate and to derive correct rulings. And this is not the place of any individual. This is the responsibility of the true ulama of Ahlul Sunnah wal jama'ah ibad Allah this adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger O servants of Allah this is adab this is etiquette with Allah and his messenger before embarking on anything in life whether it be studying whether it be our business dealings whether it be a career path ask yourself is Allah pleased with the path that I will pursue? And is it halal? أقول ما سمعتم وأستغفر الله لي ولكم من كل ذنب فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله وحده والصلاة من لا نبي بعده وبعد إباد الله Allah Azza wa Jal tells us in the next verse, verse number two in Surah Al-Hujurat, He subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu la tarfa'u aswatakum fawqa sawtin nabi wa la tajaharu lahu bilqawli ka jahri ba'dikum li ba'din an tahbata a'amalukum wa antum la tash'urun. In verse number two, Allah Azza wa Jal says, O oh, you who believe, and address to the companions firstly in their time, but also to us. He says, O oh, you who believe, 
do not raise your voices above the voice of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَلَا تَجَهَرُوا لَهُ بِالْقَوْلِ And nor speak to him in a loud and harsh manner كَجَهْرِ بَعْضِكُمْ لِبَعْضِ As you speak to one another This is the messenger of Allah This is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam أَن تَحْبَطَ عَمَالَكُمْ If you do this, your deeds will be rendered null and void وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَشْعُرُونَ And you will not even perceive this And so the reason Behind the revelation of this verse is that the tribe of Banu Tamim was coming to Medina. And this was a momentous occasion due to the history between them and the Muslims. They were at loggerheads. And so the Prophet Muhammad had to choose a delegate to meet them. And so Al-Aqra ibn Habis arrived to meet Rasulullah. And when he came to meet the Prophet, Abu Bakr radiallahu said, appoint him. And Umar said, radiallahu he opted for another person. Abu Bakr then said, you only said this to oppose me. Umar said, I did not do this to oppose you. And so they raised their voices in the presence of the Prophet Muhammad and they fell into dispute. And so this is Khairul Ummah This is the best of nations May Allah Azza wa Jal Be pleased with all of them And difference of opinion Arose amongst them The status Is as Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned Allah Azza wa Jal Is pleased with them And they are pleased with Allah But they were human beings And they fell into Dispute Did this dispute Cause them to have hatred and animosity for one another? No. At the end of Abu Bakr radiallahu life, who did he appoint as a successor? He appointed Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu And so, they raised their voices in the presence of the Prophet Muhammad and Allah Azza wa Jal then revealed this verse. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu la tarfa'u aswatakum fawqa sawtin nabi wa la tajaharu lahu bilqawl and so this verse teaches us etiquette with the Messenger of Allah that during his lifetime the believers were not allowed to raise their voices in his presence sallallahu alayhi wasallam, nor to address him in a harsh manner or in a manner that they addressed one another but rather they were to speak in a moderate tone and this was a command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to honor and to venerate and to respect Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And just like the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was revered and honored in his lifetime, likewise he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is revered after his death. He is honored and he is respected and he is revered after his death. And so this means that we don't raise our voices after the demise of the Prophet Muhammad when visiting his grave in Medina. And what a sight this is. When you see people fighting to send salutations upon the Prophet Muhammad at his grave. Where Allah has malaika, sayaheen, who travel and roam the earth. And they convey 
the salawat to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so standing in front of the Prophet's grave, we should send our salutations upon him in a moderate tone. And we should not get into dispute at the gravesite of the Prophet Muhammad because this is not honoring the Messenger of Allah Likewise, we don't raise our voices metaphorically. Meaning, we don't raise our voices above his teachings and turn away from it, placing our opinions above his sunnah. My society is upon a practice and the sunnah comes and we say, you know what? Um, this is not part of our culture and we reject the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad So we place the sunnah above our own opinions. And if this refers to raising one's voice, what about rejecting the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad in its entirety? Saying it's not reliable, saying it's not authentic, saying it's fables and tales of old, these are made up stories of older generations. Wallahu musta'an. And these people attach themselves to Al-Islam. And we seek help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another reason which was mentioned for the revelation of this verse was Thabit ibn Qais ibn Shamas. And he used to have a loud voice naturally. That was his natural tone. And when this verse was revealed, he said, I am the one who raised my voice in the Prophet Muhammad presence and I am from the people of the fire. Why? Because Allah mentioned that your deeds will be, be rendered null and void and you won't perceive this. So he said, I'm the one who raised my, my voice in the presence of Rasulullah and I'm from the people of the hellfire because my, deals, my deeds are null and void. And after this, he sat in his home for a few days and he grieved. And he felt sorrowful. And the Prophet missed his presence. Because the Prophet was aware of his companions. And when one of them were missing, he would notice this. And so some of the Prophet's companions went to him and informed him. And they said, what's the matter with you? Addressing Thabit ibn Qais. And he said, I raised my voice in front of the Prophet of Allah. My deeds are null and I am from the people of the Hellfire. And they informed the Prophet Muhammad what he had said. The Prophet Muhammad then said, Rather he is a person of Jannah, subhanAllah. And Anas then said, We used to see him walk amongst us and we knew he was a person of Jannah. And this is how Allah Azza wa honors those who revere the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So let's look at this instance. The companions never pointed fingers at, the, at others. This verse refers to them. Doesn't refer to me. You know, he fits the profile of this verse. They applied the revelation upon themselves first and foremost. The next verse, verse 3 and 4, Allah Azrael mentions and he says, إِنَّ أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ امْتَحَنَ اللَّهُ قُلُوبَهُمْ لِلتَّقْوَىٰ 
لهم مغفرة وأجر عظيم إن الذين ينادونك من وراء الحجرات أكثرهم لا يعقلون Allah mentions and he says He says indeed those who lower their voices in the presence of the Prophet Muhammad Ya Allah mentions that he has tested those believers, he has tested their hearts and to see the taqwa within their hearts. And Allah mentions for them is forgiveness and a great reward. And so they are the ones who are true in their faith. They don't just give the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad lip service. They use it as a criterion in their lives. They use it when it comes to their belief and formulating their belief system. They use it to come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their worship. And they follow the teachings of Rasulullah. They are the ones who are true in faith. And they are the ones who prefer his sunnah over their own opinions and they truly love the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and by way of analogy on this verse the scholars has mentioned that it also teaches us to respect and honor everyone who Allah Azza wa Jal ordered us to respect and honor for this is part of Iman this is part of Iman and at the head of this it is our parents. What does Allah say? He says, فَلَا تَكُلَهُمَا أُفْ Do not say to them أُفْ Which is أَدْنَى kalima, Which is the lowest form of a bad word. Do not say, for example, ه to your parents. And this is the rights of our parents which Allah Azza wa has given them. So at the end of this, it is our parents, our elders and the people of knowledge. About this, the Prophet Muhammad says in the narration found in Abu Dawood, he says, Laysa minna man lam yarham sagirana wa ya'rif sharafa kabirina. The Prophet Muhammad says he is not from amongst us. And this does not mean he is not a believer, but this means it is a major sin. He is not from amongst us. Man lam yarham sagirana, the one who does not show mercy to our youth and our young ones. وَيَعْرِفْ شَرَفَ كَبِيرِنَا Nor does he recognize the status of the elderly. That narration found in Abu Dawood. The Prophet Muhammad said, إِنَّ مِنْ إِجْلَالِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى إِكْرَامَ ذِي الشَّيْبَةِ الْمُسْلِمِ وَحَامِلِ الْقُرْآنِ غَيْرِ الْغَالِ فِيهِ وَالْجَافِعًا وَإِكْرَامٍ the, the Sultan al-Muqsid The Prophet Muhammad says that from amongst the means of revering Allah and deeming Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be great inna min ijlalillah ikrama di shaybat al-Muslim is to honor that Muslim who reached old age upon Islam and the Sunnah he became grey upon worshipping Allah he dedicated his life to worshipping Allah and he became grey Allah orders us to honor them. Wahamil al-Quran and the person who carries the Quran. 
He memorizes it, but he practices upon it as well. And also to honor the just ruler. The just ruler should be honored. And so, by analogy of this verse, The scholars have mentioned that this is a form which extends to honoring those people whom Allah ordered us to honor. And bi'idhnillah, we'll continue with reflections on Surah Al-Hujurat next week, bi'idhnillah subhanahu wa ta'ala.